0: Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah waq salam ala iba di la leen of spapa Alhamdulillah. We have so many things to thank Allah for. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has continuous favor and blessing and foddle on us. It is uh, enough for us to. Please him, worship him, make du'a to him, petition him, solicit his help, his rahma, his nakhfira, his forgiveness. As we see the devastating effects of the trial in the form of the earthquake in (coughs) Turkey and Syria, these are trials, um, tests from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should see these calamities, natural disasters, as a test. Uh, <coughs> that uh, fear the tests, and that will not spare you even if you have taqwa. Meaning, Allah will test people. And it will include those who are not dhalim, those who are not unjust. Meaning through the rahmah of the Prophet we can no longer identify any calamity as azab in order to qualify something as adab, you need wahi. Since there's no wahi of the Prophet we call it a fitna, we call it a test. And the test will include pious people and those who are wrongdoers, both. That is the Quranic worldview. It's an earthquake we have here. God forbid, it may happen elsewhere. A hurricane may come here, may come elsewhere. Floods may come here, may come elsewhere. But whatever the disaster or calamity is, it is a fitna. It is not an adab. And the reason why it's a fitna is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is still giving people time to reflect to make tawbah and to come to terms with uh, who is the creator, who is the master, who is in control. So the corruption on the land, on the sea is well, widespread because of what people do. And the reason why that is widespread is so that Allah may give them a test, give them a taste of what they do, in the hope that they will come back and return to Allah. So that's the meaning of a test. Allah is now giving people respite, time to think and ponder and reflect. So, with the unfortunate victims of the earthquake, may Allah spare them, may Allah help them, may Allah give them assistance and everything that they need, and give them prosperity afterwards, inshallah. We definitely should help them. There's no doubt and that's a no-brainer. No one's going to say don't help the victims. We should. And alhamdulillah, it seems that from the numbers we're getting, American Muslims are doing their share. Alhamdulillah, may Allah accept. There's been a lot of relief workers going there, a lot of charity has been sent there. There's been a lot of du'as, mashallah, which is the way it should be. The Ummah has to come together at the time of test and trial and tribulation. It is a sign that the Ummah, alhamdulillah, is still very strong, still very interconnected. But then you have to step back and wonder as to perhaps why. One is the geological reason, where <coughs> the flakes are literally you know, scratching each other underneath the earth. But the Prophet alluded to other reasons. One is the physical reason, which all of you who are into geology know and understand much more than I do. But the Prophet seeing being someone who receives wahi from Allah, he receives knowledge that other people do not receive. So he says something else. Along with this, the natural phenomenon on one side, we appreciate that and we must do everything we can to stop that from happening again if we can. But we can't. They can't even predict when the next earthquake is going to be, within two or three years maybe. So he's out of the hands of scientists, then whose hand is it in? The Prophet said, is in our hands. It depends also on our actions. Our amal, Amal have a lot to do with what happens on earth. The Prophet warned people that when zina becomes prevalent, there will be a lot of earthquakes. He said that. He's not a scientist. He's a nabi. He receives knowledge that others don't and that's why we follow him. Because he has superior knowledge. <coughs> Actions impact the weather, the climate, the environment, impact the community, impact relationships, impact economy, which is another thing the Prophet said, when your actions become so horrible, there will be droughts and there will be famine. So human action interplays with nature. Human actions bring down either Allah's Rahmah or Allah's test. It's in our hands. You want climate control? Stop the sinning. You want to do something about global warming? Stop the sinning. Stop doing things that displease Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Allah is Haleem. Allah doesn't punish people instantaneously, immediately, as soon as somebody says something against him. There are so many atheists out there, by calculation, they should be dead. They should be non-extinct. They should be extinct. They shouldn't be living. Because they deny the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's not just an insult. It is just inhuman. There are so many people who commit shirk, and they worship false gods and idols. By our equation, they should not exist. Allah should wipe them out. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If Allah was to punish people for their dhulm and injustice, He would not spare a single creature on earth. Because the effect of those misgivings and sins and kufr and shirk is that they don't deserve to live. And that's in the, the, the equation of the angels. But since Allah is Haleem, He tolerates and He tolerates so much, He'll feed the kafir. He'll feed the unjust. He'll feed the atheists. Why? So that they have time to repent. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kafirin. Giving them respite and time to come to terms with these calamities, disasters. Then why don't you step back and think, there's no way on this planet I can control the earthquake? Then you look at the Prophet Sallallahu and he says you can. That power is the inner power of Iman, the inner power of good deeds and actions where Muslims, alhamdulillah, are privileged and privy to this knowledge. Some people know, some people don't know. But when you know, then you have to spread this knowledge and tell people. In a nice polite way, whichever way you can. At least tell your family. <laughs> if you were doing like a project on global warming, a school and saying, Yeah, okay, this is good. Get rid of the pollution, stop using this, stop, stop doing this. This is all good. And we must do that. At the same time, there's another layer of sub it? Another layer of cause. And that layer of cause is human action. Human interaction. Human reaction. When human beings are actually invested in their own future, in their own well being, in their livelihood, then they will listen to the Prophet. They won't turn on CNN. Whereas CNN does nothing for you, the Prophet does something for you. In fact, he does more for you than anyone else. So listen. <clears throat> to the Prophet, he's saying something which you are not privy to and you simply don't understand, nor are you supposed to understand except what the Prophet says. So, there are calamities, disasters that we can stop before the fact, before it happens, like dua, al dhikr, and helping <coughs> people. Wallahu fi only abd. Beautiful hadith. Allah is always in the assistance of a servant as long as the servant is in the, in the assistance of his brother. See the formula? Mutual interaction, mutual action, mutual cooperation, mutual help, having sympathy for others, caring for others has a direct impact in bringing down Allah's <coughs> help. Now, who says this? You ain't no scientist. It is a Nabi. Because the Nabi's knowledge is far superior than anyone else's knowledge. Yeah. Now, Muslims on the whole, alhamdulillah, they, they, they try and do this as much as they can. Allah gives us all tawfiq and more. So, th- there are ways to prevent calamities before they come. As the Prophet ﷺ said, Giving Sadaqah extinguishes the anger of the Rabb, the anger of Allah When he's seen all of this happening on the planet, what's the net result if we were to audit today Human actions, the only conclusion will be that they are pure evil, except a few. Based on that pure evil versus good <coughs> equation, we all know what the conclusion should be. But the conclusion is what Allah wants. When Allah is Haleem, He's very forgiving, very accommodating, very tolerant, very clement. So He doesn't punish people until time runs out, so the time is now and this is a formula that all Muslims should appreciate, inform your children, have a conversation with your children, yeah you can have great grades and you can get your you know MD, you can get your PhD, you can get everything that you wish to acquire in this world but do you have success, life is so frail, Allah save us and protect us all. Oh. Yeah, you could go in a second. It won't wait for you, those poor people in Turkey, they, they, they didn't know what was coming. In a minute, everything vanished. That's how frail life is. Can you afford to say, yeah, 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 okay. No. You can't afford to be that nonchalant that you don't believe in the Prophet <laughs> Allah, So what should we do, we should do? Take care of our actions. Take care of our niyyah. Take care of our interaction with other people, especially Muslims. How we behave? Forgive people. Allah will forgive you. So this is the way that we see the sunnah being applied in our land. The second is, what do we do after a calamity, God forbid, falls upon us? Is there a solution to a problem after it happens? There is. Of course, there is. We have a hadith in Muqari. In other books of hadith, mashallah, where the Prophet, and most of you have heard this story so many times. Three travelers traveling, it rains so hard, they seek refuge in a cave, and when they go into the cave, a big rock now falls upon the mouth of the cave, so they're now trapped, they're stuck. They didn't have the ability to go and send rescue workers to save them from the cave. (coughs) They had themselves, so now they're stuck. When they're looking at each other, what do you do? We're kind of doomed. The rock is too heavy for us. So they decide to look in themselves. (coughs) And see, how can we ask Allah to help us? The resolve of a believer is in the ghayb. (coughs) The resolve of a believer is what? In the ghayb, in the unseen. So they think, they start making dua, and then they all decide, let's see which action of ours is the best action that we have done, so that we can (coughs) forward our actions in front of Allah, make dua through those actions. We're going to see, we'll see that through our actions, our good actions. So now the first thing you know is this long, long story. One of them says, "Ya Allah, I had parents, and they are old, and I used to work in the fields, come back late at night, and at one particular night I came very late, and my parents did not get their milk. And I would make sure that I feed them milk before they sleep. So what I did was I, I, I sat there with the milk. I didn't let my family drink, nor did I drink, until they woke up. Then he said, Ya yeah, Allah, if I did this action for you, to please you, then please help us move the rock. As soon as he said that, they tried moving the rock, and the rock moved just a little bit. The second person came, he said, Ya yeah, Allah, <coughs> I was madly in love with a girl, one of my relatives. And one time I had the opportunity to do what I wanted to do with her. And then she said, no, stop, fear Allah. And I stopped. So he went and he made dua, Ya Allah, if this action was for you, then please help us move this rock. So they went to the rock and that rock moved again. Then the third person said, Ya Allah, I was poor, that I made a contract with some person, and uh, with that contract, I was able to buy so much cattle, so much livestock, so many sheep, etc. And it grew, but I had remembered that this was part of a partnership. So that person just forgot about it. He didn't even know that we had this agreement. Well, he forgot. Then, as it happened, my assets grew and grew and grew because now I became a multi-millionaire, so to speak. Then when the person came back one day, I saw him and I gave him his share. And the person said, this can't be, I never gave you this much money. He said, no, you did. I invested your money and this is what I got. This is yours. Obviously, the morals behind the stories, they are aside. So this person, he said, Ya Allah, if..." This was to please you, then please help us move the rock. So they all moved the rock and there was enough room for them to come out of the cave. This is Allah's help. Bil Amal, with actions. So in our lives, we must see in our lives, is there something we do for Allah, purely for Allah? Not to please people, not for anything else. Simply to please Allah Hopefully you won't need to in order for that kind of a problem. Allah save us all. What I'm saying is that Muslims rely on the ghayb. Their resolve is in the ghayb. Their resolve is in the unseen. And when they solicit, petition the unseen, Allah, Allah will help. There's no doubt in that. So there are ways <coughs> to prevent calamities from happening. And that is by good deeds and there are ways to help yourself if there is a calamity, and that is also through good deeds. So the net result is that, yes, we're very devastated and sorry for the victims of the earthquake. But at the same time, we need to step back and reflect. Life is frail. It can go in an instant. What do we have to offer? Or what are we taking forward to our graves? That's a much bigger lesson, And that is one of the reasons the Quran says, <laughs> So these tests are given by Allah on occasions so that people return. People come back to Allah. People make tawbah. People reform themselves their lives. They stop acting like people with uh, you know, no heads or the, the heads in the sand. They must come to realize realize a state of dhikr, awareness, not heedlessness. So we make dua and also I'm again asking all of you and us and myself that we should still continue to help the victims of the earthquake and continue to help all of the victims in the world where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prevents all types of calamities from us, preserve us, give us Iman and taqwa and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us under his army at all times, Armenia of the <coughs>